It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Follow all of the off-season action on Asherline and come see us at the brewery for a cold beer seven days a week. Welcome, everybody, to the spring training edition of Astroline, presented by Carbach, the Astros in West Palm Beach, Florida, getting ready for baseball in three days, kicking off the Grapefruit League schedule. And joining me on Astroline tonight, I'm Todd Callis. Steve Sparks, Sparky, you're heading down to the Sunshine State tomorrow, huh? Tomorrow, I get there uh, late in the evening on Friday night, uh, get a day to kind of situate myself and uh, talk to the coaches and, and watch the guys from a distance. And then we fire away, man. 24 games, it's going to go by in the blink of an eye, but uh, we're ready for baseball, man. It's going to be a great season, I think, for the Astros. Yeah, you guys are going to do most of those games, you and Robert Ford on 790 on the flagship station. So that's exciting. And it's, it feels like it's been five years since the pandemic, but we're still not at the one-year anniversary. It was at this time last year, you guys were just in normal spring training mode. We were, you know, nothing nothing uh, in the future seemed like it was going to deter anything uh, going forward with a, with the really potent Astros team. Remember Verlander was healthy back then. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it seems like a, a lot of things have transpired since then, uh, but uh, you, you can't forget about that late run the Astros made in the playoffs where they looked dead in the water uh, the last couple of weeks of the season. I thought, I didn't think they were going to make much of a uh, much noise in the playoffs at all, and, and they got uh, to within one game of the World Series again. So this team's loaded with talent. I think a lot of people are underestimating uh, the Astros going into this season. What do you think? Yeah, no doubt. It was a remarkable turnaround. I mean, it was truly a tale of two seasons. They almost won as many road games in the playoffs as they did the entire regular season last year, which was crazy. But yeah, it's an exciting team and they've got a lot of the pieces back. Uh, Naysayers are going to point to George Springer, but then you've got a Jordan Alvarez back healthy for the whole season, hopefully knock on wood, which wasn't the case last year. You know, and and I look all the way around the infield, all four of them, of the regulars that I felt like had subpar offensive seasons last year and I don't think there's any way that all four of those players are going to have those types of seasons again you know and Bregman just said to the media just a couple of days ago he said I just wasn't myself for whatever reason but physically and mentally you know that pandemic took its toll and it took its toll on everybody in a different fashion but uh, I expect a lot of things we'll hear from Dusty Baker in just a little bit but from what we're hearing Everybody looks really good. Everybody's chomping at the bit and everybody's come into to camp in great shape. And they look like they're ready to, to do a lot different things than being a 29 and 31 type team. And I think the more people doubt them and talk about the, the Padres and the White Sox and the Yankees in those teams, I think that gets underneath the, the skin of a lot of these guys. Yeah, I mean, 
all the success they've had since 2017, even going back to 2015, and yet sometimes uh, they are overlooked this year going into 2021. We, hear, we will hear from Dusty Baker in segments two and three, but Sparky is a former pitcher. I would think one of the big concerns for Dusty and also for Brent Straub is how do you fill all these innings coming mm-hmm. off a condensed season? How concerned are you for guys' ability to throw more than 170 or 180 innings this year? How do you fill up all those innings? Well, I myself don't think it's really possible. But but when you look at it this way, and Brent Strom said this, he said if you give every one of his pitchers from last year a 30% bump in their innings this year, they would still be 400 innings shy uh, of the innings they need to do to to cover a 162-game schedule. And that's a lot of innings. I mean, that's a lot. But what better time to have your AAA team 25 miles away in Sugarland, Texas, than this year? Man, I think it's just going to be a shuttle at the back end of the bullpen to keep guys fresh into the bullpen. And you saw that a lot uh, when James Click, the GM uh, for the Astros, was with the Rays. They did that a lot with Durham and Tampa, and they just kept a steady flow of fresh arms uh, at their available. And when you hear the reports, and I've spoken to Brent Strom uh, on multiple occasions now just since spring training has started, he, is, he and they are very, very excited about the arms that they have in camp. Yeah, and, and I, I can see a sparky shuttle being set up, too, coming in from Sugar Land. You can just pick up a guy or two on your way to the ballpark. There you go. You know, I've got my Uber sticker on my on my windshield. <laughs> and I'll just make a little extra cash, Todd. <laughs> I like it. But uh, that's, that's obviously the concern is how do you fill up all those innings. But I, I think that, like you said, the positive thing is this offense has a long way to go uh, and improve off of last year, which was a disappointment for almost everybody on that infield. And I think especially big in 2021 is which Carlos Correa do you get? Do you get the guy who was part of that 29 and 31 team in the regular season that struggled, or you get the guy that showed up in the postseason and dominated? What are your thoughts about Carlos and whether he could get extended before the year two? Well, my thoughts about Carlos is it's been a while since he's played more than 110 games in a season. So I think first and foremost, we know what he can do when he's healthy. And I don't think there's any question about it. So I, I think for him is to figure out a way to be on the field every day. And when he does, I think he's one of the most dynamic players in the game. Uh, obviously a great leader. We saw that. Uh, it was very apparent uh, in the playoffs last year, very demonstrative uh, at times. But you see other players on the infield and, and to his right and to his left become more engaged when Carlos is out there because he's such a great communicator and he has such good uh, body language and just a presence about him that he, he makes everybody else engaged by his presence. So uh, he raises the bar for a lot of people. The Astros need a healthy uh, Carlos Correa. And if you ask me, they need one uh, in the long term. And the other interesting aspect of spring training are, is going to be how Dusty mixes and matches and, and meddles with the lineup. What, what do you see happening with that lineup in the spring? And the obvious hole is at the top of the lineup without George. Well, I think front offices are usually pretty good at suggesting what combinations might produce the most runs. But Dusty's so good at understanding the psychology of his players and where guys fit into his lineup that could affect the other team's psyche. And I thought that was the beauty of having a George Springer at the top of the lineup is what that did to the other pitcher uh, first batter of the game. I think it put the other team on their heels. It, it gave the the Astros an advantage just by George stepping into the box to lead off the game because of his threat. 
So I think they'll figure out ways, you know, and it sounds like right now he'll probably fiddle with Miles Straw at at the top of the lineup. I think he likes the idea of somebody getting on base a lot and having that threat to run and and put the opposing pitcher in the stretch position right off the bat. And I like that too. I like the fact that they're thinking about an on-base percentage guy at the very top because I agree. I I think uh, putting a pitcher in the stretch, a second batter of the game, is very difficult for a starting pitcher. It doesn't allow him to get comfortable. Now, it's interesting. If Straw does lead off, you talk about a thick lineup. You're going to have your catcher, whether it's Maldonado or Castro in the nine spot. And last year at times, Josh Reddick performed, but at, at a lot of times he struggled and he was kind of the eight guy. At, I don't even know who the eight guy would be this year. I, I mean, of Tucker, Brantley, the entire infield, or Yordan Alvar- Alvarez. If Miles Straw leads off, you're saying Yuli bats eight? Yes. I mean, oh I think gosh. that's – I know. How good is that? But we saw that with the Astros in 2017 and 18 where we saw one through eight as deep as anybody could possibly imagine in big leagues. And, you know, at times it was historic what they were able to do as far as runs per game. And, man, it's just so relentless and it's so disheartening as a pitcher to try to navigate because there's no really chances to exhale and, and kind of – cruise for just a second just to give yourself even a mental break in and that's why i like a a maldonado or or a castro in the nine hole too is because those guys can lie in the weeds and pop you when you make a mistake too i love it so uh they'll be they'll be beneficiaries of some really fat pitches in the ninth spot i think this year but uh i you know i'm still not sold that that you know i Dusty, I, I don't think uh, Altuve wants to hit leadoff, but I wouldn't be opposed to a Tucker or a Bregman leading off. I don't know what those players feel about it, but I love the threat of somebody, somebody, somebody being able to go deep uh, first pitch of a ball game. Yeah, and uh, and Miles doesn't really give you that, but he gives you all the speed and gets a pitcher to maybe get more concerned with the running game than the guy at the plate, and I think that's certainly a consideration. I, I would love to see Miles take that level. Uh, that next step because it, his confidence on the base pass is good, but sometimes he could even be better. I mean, he could go first to third with anybody. He could steal yeah. more bases. I, I think he's still learning that mentality of being a great base runner. And, and Dusty's old school, isn't he? he? He made mention to some of the media uh, people this morning, actually, that uh, he wanted Miles to put the ball on the ground more than than usual. So, uh, we know we haven't heard that in three or four years. We've heard everybody talk about getting the ball up in the air, but for Miles Straw, he wants him to alleviate that. Astro Line presented by Carbach continues on a Thursday night. The 2021 Astros Fan Fest presented by HEB is going virtual this year. Visit us at astros.com slash fanfest for the official schedule of events, including fan forums with players like Carlos Correa and Lance McCullers Jr. Also a cooking demonstration of your ballpark favorites and much, much more. Also, tune into our social channels this Saturday to check out 2021 Astro Fan Fest presented by HEB Virtual this year. We will have more. We will hear from the manager, Dusty Baker, Todd Callis, and Steve Sparks right around the corner after this on After One. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. 
Follow all of the off-season action on Asherline and come see us at the brewery for a cold beer seven days a week. Discover the Palm Beaches. Experience legendary hospitality in Florida's golf capital with special rates at the area's best resorts. Miles of uncrowded beaches stretch from Jupiter to Boca Raton. Small cities and beach towns are waiting for you to explore. More than 160 sun-soaked golf courses are inviting you to play. Start planning your next trip at thepalmbeaches.com. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Carbock. Todd Callis along with Steve Sparks, and we are joined by the manager of the Houston Astros, Dusty Baker, down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Dusty, thanks for joining us. I know games are right around the corner. It must be exciting. How's camp been so far? Well, it's been great so far. I mean, uh, almost everybody's, you know, you know, really healthy, and I'm impressed on, on, on the shape that guys came in. You know, guys that left with the stomach now have flat stomachs. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm serious. And uh, these guys, they, they really put in the, you know, the time and effort. Uh, it's a little easier, I think, when you go to the playoffs, uh, you know, deep into the playoffs, you don't have as much time to get out of shape. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think that helped us uh, see some, some quality, quality arms, some uh, good young players. Um, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, the, you know, especially some of the young players, especially the young, some of the young Latin players that came in, uh, you know, a few days later because they had the quarantine, like, like, like most of us did. And, uh, you know, I'm very impressed with, um, you know, the competition that's going to be for some of these jobs. It seemed like early on in the spring, there's some latitude for the managers if they don't want to go nine innings based on pitchers. Or is that just a game to game basis? If you decide with another manager, if you want to go seven innings or shorter? Yeah, I mean, you know, it depends on what we have and what they have. And you certainly don't want to put any uh, undue pressure on, on these guys, you know, because you really don't have much time to get ready. You know, if you don't come to spring training kind of ready, uh, it's tough. Uh, uh, it's not like the old days where you came to spring training to get in shape. You know, I mean, you have to come in shape. And, you know, this Sunday is coming, coming very, very quickly. And uh, usually – like before, you had at least a couple of weeks before you start playing games. But these guys, uh, you know, they just uh, uh, the first day was yesterday. And then we have live pitching tomorrow. And which I know as a player, I hated that because the pitchers are always way ahead of us. And, uh, you know, they would take pride in breaking your bat and talk stuff on you when they did it. And uh, so, um, you know, but our guys are, you know, our guys are looking looking pretty good and they got a good attitude about about the upcoming season. Jesse for me it seems like some some people are are sliding the Astros um you know you guys were two games below 500 last year maybe that's part of it but man you guys look really strong on paper to me. Well we do look strong on paper you know we still have to fill that huge hole you know by George Springer's departure you know I mean that's I mean George is a superstar it's hard to replace a yeah. superstar so some of the guys are going to have to you know, uh, you know, pick it up a little bit more. Uh, hopefully we get a surprise or two, uh, you know, out of the rookies that you maybe didn't count on. I right. always uh, try to leave room for, you know, like a surprise. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, early in the year, though, you hope that your pitching and defense carries you early in the year because, you know, defense is a constant. And our guys take pride in playing defense. They work extremely hard on it. And, uh, you know, usually our offense – you know, comes around a little later, you know, as the weather gets warmer and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and as guys get more, more ABs to get their timing. So, 
um, uh, you know, we're really stressing pitching defense, especially early. And you've gotten a lot of questions about the leadoff spot. And I'm sure you'll yeah. probably have a few guys fill that spot and see what you like best with, and you'll fiddle with it. But what makes some guys flourish at, at the top of the lineup and some guys really struggle with it? Well, you know, some guys like to be up first. Some guys yeah. like to be up you know, uh, in the early part of the game. Some guys like to be up after they've seen the pitcher go through, you know, a couple guys in the lineup. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of it has to do with, with you accepting the sponsor, you know, responsibility of leading off. You know, uh, uh, it's hard to put a guy up there that's a, that's a, a swinger and then expect him to work the count and get deep in the count. Well, he's, 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 uh, you know, setting himself up, you know, for the strikeout, even though he'll see a lot of pitches to give the guys behind him, you know, heads up on, you know, what the guy's fastball is doing or how sharp is his breaking ball. But, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's mostly about on base percentage to put the pitcher in the stretch early. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you, you hope that, you know, that person, you know, can run, you know, a lot of times they're getting away from, from the leadoff runner. I mean, leadoff better being a runner, but I would prefer speed at the top of the lineup or like in the case of George, you know, power, which, you know, which is hard to, you know, hard to uh, find. So uh, because you want him to put pressure on him right away because the pitcher, most of the time they don't warm up, but the starters don't warm up too much in the stretch out of the bullpen. Yeah. You know, they're mostly out of the windup where the relievers uh, warm up almost exclusively out of the stretch. And so you want to put him in a stretch right away, make him conscious of you at, at, at first base where he has to look at you and concentrate on the hitter. I mean, that's in a perfect world. And I'm hoping that, you know, we got a perfect world coming up here soon. <laughs> uh, who are some of the leading candidates to be your leadoff hitter? And is Kyle Tucker a candidate? He's a guy that combines power and speed, or would you yeah. rather have him mix and match in the middle of the well, line? Well, you know, he was our – I mean, he was our big RBI guy down that, you know, down in the order. And, uh, you know, when he gets hot, I mean, he can, you know, carry a team for a while. And so you would prefer him down in the order or the middle part of the order, you know, to give you some, some power, some speed, uh, some RBI production and some, uh, you know, potential stolen bases down in, in that part of the order to give the guys on deck, uh, you know, better pitches to hit. So, um, you know, I haven't spoken to him about it. I've spoken to a couple guys, but, you know, you know, I've spoken to Straw in particular. Uh, um, you know, I learned from the past uh, last year, a lot of people would think that Altuve was a perfect candidate, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, crazy about hitting, you know, batting leadoff. Everybody's not, not you know, just because you're short of stature, that doesn't mean that you, you know, like, you know, batting leadoff. And uh, we had a couple other guys that I'm looking at in camp, uh, you know, some guys that are, uh, you know, depends on if they play at that time or if they make the team, you know, you got McCormick, we got a guy, Siri, that, that's, that's very interesting that we got uh, from San Francisco. Uh, you know, I mean, he has a lot of speed, has some power. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we use this time, you know, to experiment and if it doesn't work and then we'll go to, you know, alternate person, but you, you try not to uh, have a different leadoff guy every day because you want a guy to get comfortable in that spot. And uh, like I said, it was a whole lot easier when you could just pencil George in, you know, into that leadoff spot. But, you know, uh, we don't have George. We wish him well. So, uh, you know, we got to come up with something else.
I checked out your baseball reference page today leading up to this interview, and you were actually a leadoff hitter as a starting player 33 times in your career, mostly early. And you said mm -hmm. a guy has to like hitting leadoff. Did you like hitting leadoff as a player? Well, you know, they, 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 I batted leadoff all through the minor leagues. You know, like uh, you're just talking about my big league career. I batted leadoff in the minor leagues because I was, I was a speed guy, you know, more than a speed and a, and a batting average guy, more than I was a power guy. Then when I got to the big leagues, you know, they had me hitting behind, you know, like Hank Aaron in the middle of the order. And, uh, uh, you know, like I liked it uh, in the minor leagues, you know, because I remember and I've spoken to Straw and a couple guys here. Um, you know, I, I had a guy give me one of my minor league coaches that really influenced me, gave me, uh, 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 you know, two things. Uh, well, first, uh, uh, in the minor leagues, they told me, see how many times you can lead a game off getting on base be a walk, a bun, a hit, or whatever it is. And, you know, I, I think I – I don't know what I got. I think I got up to 20 in one year. And, then, wow. you know, I, I took pride in starting the game off, uh, you know, on base. And then also I remember Roy Campanella, once I got to the Dodgers, you know, he told me to see if I could go through spring training um, without striking out, you know, which I've given that, that to uh, a, a challenge to a couple guys here which I never, never made it. You know what I mean? I think I made it to the last day and I struck out twice that day. You know what I mean? I was almost, <laughs> to, you know, to the end, but, and I explained to him that, you know, uh, the reason for that is when you come to spring training, you really don't know where the, where the barrel of the bat is yet. And, uh, and you see guys early in the spring, you know, the, there's contact marks from the ball all up and down from the label or even at the handle all the way to the end. And uh, uh, Ted Williams used to put tape around his bat and then, and then he'd take it off to see, you know, if he was hitting the sweet spot on the bat. And by the end of the, of the of spring training, you know, he said that he had a, a, a mark the size of a quarter, yeah, you know. Yeah. No, I swear. And it, it might have been a wives' tale, but I, I bought into it, you know. And so <laughs> uh, anyway, like I've, I've, I've told guys, and and there's more hits down on the on on the handle than there is on the end of the bat. So uh, the reason for trying not to, to just to put the ball in play is to try to zero in by the end of spring training, you know where the bat head is. So you know hopefully, uh, you know keep your eye on a couple guys that and see if they can make it to the spring. That's cool. Hey Dusty, uh, during our broadcast last year, we we would always talk about how indispensable invaluable Martin Maldonado was last year mm -hmm. and if he would have gone down last year with all those young pitchers it felt like you know the team might have collapsed but uh, James Click and you guys addressed uh, a veteran catcher Jason Castro to have that that combination Does, doesn't that give you a lot more security well it does I mean if, if, if Maldi does go down you know uh, uh, you know we know Jason uh, you know, lives in the area. He's, he's handled some of these guys in the past, you know, right. him and Lance Colors have a lot in common. I guess they came up at the same time or pretty much the same time. And, um, you know, uh, and, and, and he's a left-handed bat, you know, people want to know, or, or, am I going to platoon him or how much he going to play? A lot of that depends on Maldi's, uh, help. You know, I try to play everybody to keep you know, everybody strong down the stretch, but Maldi, Maldi, you know, deserves to be my number one catcher. This guy had his best offensive year last year, and uh, he came into camp in great, great uh, uh, shape. And uh, when he came in, I didn't really recognize him because he had 
you know, lost even more weight this year than he did last year. So I think it's a great, uh, you got to have, uh, uh, you know, two, two uh, uh, catches because it's such a volatile position. You know, you're one, one uh, foul tip away from, you know, from a catcher being out. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Rio Muto in, in Philadelphia. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's out for a month or so, and he was just catching bullpens. Yeah. And so, uh, but also, you know, I feel very comfortable at the same time, you know, with having uh, Stubbs, who I think is going to be a, you know, outstanding catcher, uh, uh, you know, in the future as well. So uh, you certainly got to have depth in all the positions, especially the catching position. Astro Line presented by Carbach continues on a Thursday night. We'll have more with Dusty right after this as we continue with more Astro Line presented by Carbach after these messages. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing Company is the proud sponsor of Asherline. Discover the Palm Beaches. Experience legendary hospitality in Florida's golf capital with special rates at the area's best resorts. Miles of uncrowded beaches stretch from Jupiter to Boca Raton. Small cities and beach towns are waiting for you to explore. More than 160 sun-soaked golf courses are inviting you to play. Start planning your next trip at thepalmbeaches.com. Welcome back to Astro Line, presented by Carbach. Todd Callis, Steve Sparks. We're joined by the manager of the Houston Astros in his second season, live and direct from West Palm Beach, Florida. That is Dusty Baker. Excited to have him with us. And Dusty, last year, the regular season, a disappointment, 29 and 31. And one of the struggles you guys had was games in extra innings. The offense just didn't click in extra innings. Whether it's situational hitting, getting the man over, getting the man in. Is that something you can work on? Or is that just an organic thing that you guys need to do better this year? Well, that is something you can work on. You could, you could, uh, you know, make them conscious of it, you know, like when during batting practice, you know, like, um, you know, before, you know, we're trying to bring back, you know, get them over to third, get them in, you know, versus trying to, trying to slug your way and get everybody in and end up getting nobody in. And so, uh, you know, just playing good, solid fundamental ball um, and, uh, you know, some, you know, some clutch ball. You know, but you got to have a mindset of of in that situation of not home runs, but 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 base hits or sacrifice fly, whatever you need, you know, to get him in. And uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I was a little disappointed because I hadn't had a losing season in quite a while, and I, I at least wanted to finish, you know, 500. But uh, you know, the fact that uh, our our, our uh, extra uh, innings record wasn't very good, you know, like. Uh, um, you know, we had guys, uh, you know, Presley was trying to learn how to be a closer versus a setup man. And, uh, you know, we had a young bullpen. And so, um, you know, like I look at that record and, and you think about the, you know, the eight to 10 games that, you know, that we lost in the eighth or ninth when we had the lead. And so, like, if you can just chip away at that uh, and, and minimize that, because it's going to happen, you know, try to minimize that extra, uh, you know, better base running, uh, better fundamentally uh, play, better, better, um, you know, clutch hitting. I mean, that's what it's all about. 
You know, it's all about, uh, you know, runs. Uh, you know, uh, whoever scores one more run than the opposition is going to win the game. You know, we make it kind of uh, uh, complicated sometimes, but the game's very, very simple. You know, I mean, you just touch, touch home plate one more time than, than they do, and we win the ball game. <laughs> Jesse, how, how much are you guys going to pay attention to the, the liveliness of the baseball? They're talking about deadening it. Uh, to a right. degree, do you think that'll show up in spring training, or you guys going to pay attention? Um, well, um, it's a little different in spring training because the wind blows all the time. Number one, and so it's hard to tell if the wind's blowing out, balls are flying out. The wind's blowing in, uh, you know, the ball doesn't go anywhere. So, uh, um, you know, Florida is something where almost the wind blows every day. You know, whether it's a slight breeze or damn near like a hurricane. So, uh, no. Um, uh, you know, we really paid attention and we can see the difference, you know, during the season last year, especially when you or the last couple of years, you know, when you got uh, right hand hitters, you know, hitting the ball out of right field, like, like, or center field, you know, like a left hand hitter. And, you know, before you were, you were pitching to, to the big part of the ballpark, you know what I mean? It wasn't a big part of ballpark or, you know, you'd say hey, if a guy pulls it, no, if a guy hits it out of right, the opposite field, and you tip your hat to him, well, there's a lot of hat tipping going on. So, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. They're trying to, uh, you know, make the game more exciting. I've been on a couple of meetings, you know, trying to make the game more exciting and try to get back to uh, the fans are, are, are missing, you know, hit and runs and, and triples and doubles and stolen bases. And so this is hopefully this will promote, you know, a little more, um, you know, everyday exciting baseball. Now, see, I, I said last segment, I was checking out some things on baseball reference. And of course, of your home runs, the most you hit was Dodger Stadium, second most Fulton County Stadium, because that was your home stadiums. Where do you think mm -hmm. you hit the most home runs as a visiting player? What would, what would you guess? Was there a stadium that you felt like you hit well? I know, I know which stadium I hit the least in. Astrodome? <laughs> <laughs> No, not the Astrodome. It was Chicago. You know, uh, if the wind was Wrigley Field. Wind, Wrigley Field. Yeah, if the wind was blowing uh, uh, in, I'd hit bombs that, that would be caught. And if the wind's blowing out, I hit ground balls. And so, you know, I didn't see the ball well in in um, in uh, Wrigley Field. I, I would guess probably it'd have to be in the Western Division because I was in that division for so long. It'd probably be. Uh, you know, I hit pretty well in Astrodome or, or maybe even, um, you know, Philadelphia. You got it. That's it. Which Veteran one? Stadium, Veteran Stadium 13 and the Astrodome 13. You hit 297 at the Astrodome with 13 bombs, including your first ever home run. Yeah, well, maybe that's why. I mean, you know, um, uh, you know, you always remember the spot where you hit your first one and you feel very comfortable there. But I saw the ball well, even though the Astros had a great pitching staff. I saw the ball well there because it was so dark back there. And it's, it, and, and I didn't try to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Cause if you tried to hit the ball, the ballpark, I mean, you were done. I mean, there guys used to hate hitting, uh, 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 in the Astrodome, but I would just try to hit the ball hard. Then you end up hitting the ball out of the ballpark anyway. And, uh, and in Philadelphia, I saw the ball great too. Cause they had a big backdrop, you know, back there in Philadelphia. I mean, you could see the ball look like, big as a watermelon coming up there. But then when I'd go to Wrigley Field, you know, the, uh, the, the I, I was kind of off center. I, I could never get comfortable at the plate because usually, 
you know, the 403 sign or whatever it is, is right behind the pitcher. But in Wrigley Field, the, the center field dimensions were like more in right center field. So it's like I could never really, you know, you know, feel comfortable there and probably and, and I didn't hit very well in, in, in the day games. See, I like I like playing night baseball because I could see the rotation. I could see the, the seams. And, uh, you know, at that time, Wrigley, we were, we were playing all day games. And so it probably didn't help that I was out a couple of nights either. But, you know, so <laughs> to tell the truth, you know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> you know, I couldn't I couldn't just lie all the way. You know what I mean? So, hey, what's the what's the secret to, to managing uh, a superstar player? Uh, the secret is, um, you know, you got to let him you know, be himself, you know, without, um, I mean, everybody has, I mean, everybody likes boundaries and, and certain rules, but you got to give your superstars a little, you know, a little more leniency, mm. you know, because like when I was in LA, I mean, we had rules, but some of the rules weren't as tightly um, uh, 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 enforced, you know, on, on like Reggie Smith and Steve Garvey and myself, because, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't a superstar, but, uh, you know, Ron Say and some of the, some of the top players. Yeah. And I, I remember, um, and, and, you know, they don't like that, you know, they're like a thoroughbred racehorse or a stallion where, where they don't really like that bridle on, in their mouth and they really don't like to be ridden all the time. And I remember when I was a, a kid with the Braves, uh, we had a curfew, we were in San Francisco and we had a curfew and, um, uh, it was 12 o'clock curfew for a day game the next day. We stayed at the Jack Tar up on Van Ness. It's probably not even there anymore. So Ralph Gar and myself, uh, you know, the guys took us out. And, uh, uh, you know, Joe Torrey, uh, Philippe Lou, Hank Aaron, Bob Tillman, Cleet Boyer, and they took us, you know, you know how you take the rookies out. Yeah. So yeah. we had a curfew at, at midnight in about 10 minutes to 12. You know, and my name is a kid. So they say, hey, kid, you better go home, man, because you got a curfew. So I said, what about you guys? And they're like, well, OK, we're coming. So I got back to the hotel, huffing and puffing, made it by two minutes. And then I looked down on the list and Jim Busby was a coach. And, uh, you know, Hank Aaron was checked off. Philippe Lou <laughs> was checked off. You know, Cleet Boyer was checked off. All the guys that I was just with. And so I was being a little dumb rookie. So the next day I said, hey, man, you know, how'd you guys get back so soon? I mean, were you, I mean, you guys knew a shortcut or something? They said, oh, no, nah, kid, you'll learn. The better you hit, then, then the more leniency they'll give you on the curfew. So <laughs> I learned that like right away. <laughs> That's great. Hey, during the off season, your son, Darren, is a big time prospect at yep. Cal. Uh, probably be a pro. This time next yeah. year, what did well, that's you? What, he wants. What, what did you guys talk about in the off season as far as his uh, improvement at, at the plate and things like that? Well, you know, it actually helped him uh, a lot to be at home because you know they weren't allowed to go to school, yeah. and uh, you know they weren't allowed. Uh, you know, they took all their classes online. Uh, you know, it helped his grades. You know, not to have to get up at six thirty in the morning and go to weight training, and uh, you know I mean, we he hit had you. Yeah. And, you know, we hit in the cage every day and it was really that's the most time I've spent with him and, you know, actually spoiled me and him because, you know, uh, he'd say, Dad, can we hit today? And then I got a batting cage and then I, I have a weight room. And so, you know, he trained 
he trained, ate up everything in the house. You know, he gained like 10 or 12 pounds and uh, he's actually up to like 180 pounds. And he went to school, he was like 155. And, you know, I knew he was feeling pretty good about himself because he was uh, 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 walking around without a shirt on. I said, man, put your shirt on. You know what I mean? Just, <laughs> you, know, got, you know, got a few muscles now, but, you know, we, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, uh, you know, he loves Michael Brantley's stroke. And so, you know, he was like, uh, you know, uh, you know, we were working on things and, uh, uh, you know, I told him today, I called him today and I said, hey, I saw Michael Brantley hitting off the tee, you know, with the one hand drill and something that we did. And, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, dad, I got to get back to that. So it's great to have a, you know, a player like Michael or somebody for and a gentleman, you know, for him to emulate and, and try to be like. Michael's a guy who last year was able to DH a little bit because Jordan was out for most of the season. Now Jordan's healthy. Uh, do you see Jordan getting any starts in the outfield or he'll be primarily a DH and how has he looked so far? Well, I mean, you know, I really haven't seen him because he's, he's been more in the training room. You mm -hmm. know, we're trying not to, we're trying not to, uh, you know, to rush him because it's like, uh, you know, for a guy who played like myself, I played 10 years on a bad knee my last 10 years. I didn't have one bad knee. He had, he had two operations. So we really have to treat him with kid gloves. Uh, we're, we're trying not to put him in the field, you know, whether it's first base sometime or the outfield, because we don't want to break him down. We want to try to, you know, help him get through the season and get stronger and stronger and stronger. So, uh, you know, even if he is healthy, uh, we're going to have to spot him sometime and uh, also spot Michael. And, uh, you know, Michael would rather um, uh, play the field than he would DH. You know, I mean, because it's not for DH and for everybody. Because sometimes, you know, playing in the field keeps you more in the game versus just, you know, just DH and takes a special person to DH. But, uh, boy, I, I, it sure was nice to have Yordan back for two days. <laughs> And he comes right back, hits one out of the ballpark. So, I mean, we need his bat, um, uh, you know, somewhere in the lineup. So we're just hoping that, and knock on wood, that he's, that he's healthy. Last thing from me, Dusty, and, and with everything that's gone on in Texas in the last week and a half, I know you guys have been monitoring everything going on, but you, you got to be right. pretty proud of, of the guys on your team and the way they stepped up for the community, aren't you? Well, yeah, I mean, this, this, this is one of the most community-minded teams that I've ever been on. Yeah. And and these guys are very aware that they are part of the community. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I, you know, I had a long conversation with a lot of the guys that donated water. Um, and I had a real long conversation with, you know, with Bregman that always steps up. Yep. You know, you got Altuve and you got Correa and all these guys always step up I for the community. Know. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I thought that was pretty uh, you know, pretty cool. I mean, I, I talked to Bregman. He, he, I mean, he even said a couple uh, politicians and civic leaders reached out to him, you know, for some of his water. And so, uh, you know, water is something that we, you know, take for granted until you don't have it. And, and, and uh, you know, we're all praying for the people in, uh, in Houston. You know, I got a lot of uh, friends and relatives there that were, you know, really, really suffering, you know, during this uh, time period. And, and, you know, I, I just couldn't believe, um, you know, what the city of Houston was going to, but I mean, going through, but that makes, you know, people come together. It makes people, uh, uh, you know, realize that, hey, we're in this together and that it's good for the world, but, but, you know, bad for the city. 
Dusty, I know the fans are excited with game starting Sunday, and we really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on National Line. All right. Thank you very much, and I'll see you soon. Dusty Baker getting ready for the first game of spring training, joining us tonight on Astro Line. Not sure what to expect from 2021. I don't think anybody is. But how about flexibility? This February flex plan is a voucher-based plan that will allow you to select up to four tickets to any available game right up until first pitch. Here's the deal. The plan comes with 20 or 40 vouchers and the opportunity to choose. It doesn't get any better than that. Visit Astros.com slash ticket plans to learn more about the February Flex Plan. Todd Callis and Steve Sparks, we will wrap things up on Astro Live, presented by Carbach on a Thursday night, right after this. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Follow all of the off-season action on Asherline and come see us at the brewery for a cold beer seven days a week. Discover the Palm Beaches. Experience legendary hospitality in Florida's golf capital with special rates at the area's best resorts. Miles of uncrowded beaches stretch from Jupiter to Boca Raton. Small cities and beach towns are waiting for you to explore. More than 160 sun-soaked golf courses are inviting you to play. Start planning your next trip at thepalmbeaches.com. Welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbach. Todd Callis, Steve Sparks, getting ready for spring training 2021, which kicks off on Sunday afternoon down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hey, the Shriners Hospital for Children College Classic is March 5 through March 7 at Minute Maid Park. This year's teams hail from all over the great state. Get your tickets to see Rice, Sam Houston State, TCU, <laughs> TCU, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Texas State, and Texas Tech all facing off in Houston. Visit astro.com slash college classic today. How great would it be for you to have been pitching at a place like Minute Maid Park in college, Sparky? Man, there's been plenty uh, of players we've seen at the major league level playing that very tournament. And uh, what a thrill it's got to be. Yeah, we never got a chance to play at, at a major league stadium, but uh, that's where I met Blondie, uh, right there in Hunts Vegas. Hunts <laughs> Vegas, I love it. Sam Houston State. Hey, Sparky, what would you think about Dusty's comments today? Some great stories, yeah. uh, but also he touched on Michael Brantley, and it's so good to have that bat back in the lineup. You know, I, you talk about a, a really potent coaching staff like the Astros have, but there's nothing like having a, a player be able to – bounce ideas off with, with his, his teammates, like a Michael Brantley, who's, who's basically been around the game his whole life. His dad was a major league player and, and played forever and was his hitting coach, but he just such a great example of work ethic and, and routine and, and just consistency that I, I think them having a Michael Brantley in their clubhouse for two more years. I mean, I, it's saying a lot, but I think it means even more than what he's able to provide even on the field as great as he is. I think him being that veteran leader is going to be huge for these guys the next two years uh, into the playoffs. And just the quality of at bat he gives. I mean, it, it's remarkable to watch him and you appreciate him more and more watching him every day. I think for me, I always think about Todd Helton when I used to face Todd Helton or watch Todd Helton from the dugout, you know, in, in between starts, he was just never off balance. 
and to be able to, to get off your best swing every single time because you're you have such good balance i mean i don't i don't understand how guys can do that so his pitch recognition is uh his slow heartbeat all that kind of comes into play in just a, a perfect hitting package but uh, see the ball, uh, hit it where it's pitched. I mean, all those things that you learned uh, when you were in middle school, Michael Brantley does it at the major league level. All right, we started the show by talking about the pitching difficulties of getting to the final uh, finish line with all these innings that are needed to be soaked up. Who else besides the five that we finished the season with, of course, Granke and McCullers or, yeah. or Keady, Christian Javier, uh, and Framber Valdez, who else do you think are going to make some key starts for this team in 2021? Well, I think Luis Garcia will. I think uh, Forrest Whitley will make his debut this year. And I think he'll make some important starts. Um, I can see players like Brian Abreu step up. Everybody's raving about him. Hunter Brown is a pitcher that uh, a lot of people haven't heard about, but if he continues his rise, it's been meteoric. So uh, I think Dusty talks about surprises all the time and who's going to come in and surprise people. Uh, we saw it with 10 pitchers last year making their debuts for the Astros. And I, and I would say five of them were, were great uh, surprises, uh, really nice additions to a team, and, and it gives them some depth. I'm not really worried about the, the bullpen near, near as much as I am as far as the depth of, of the starters, but I think they certainly have some capable guys. Brandon Belak, we didn't mention, uh, is another guy that got a little experience last year who might be able to make some big starts. Yeah, uh, to me, the microcosm game of what, what last year was all about was game five of the ALCS when they were facing elimination against the Tampa Bay Rays. They had to go with a, a, a fifth starter because all the games were being played consecutively. And the first four guys that pitched in that game, game five, elimination game, were all guys who had never pitched the major leagues before. It was a game the Astros won. Yeah. Uh, and then the fifth pitcher in that game was Brooks Raley had maybe like 10 major league games under his belt before last year. I and mean, then that's Strami did remarkable things with that group last year. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I wanted to ask Dusty about, you know, I thought it was crazy when, when they started implementing two hitting coaches. Now we have three pitching coaches. You know, I added Bill Murphy. And when you asked Brent Strom about Bill Murphy, he said he's a technical genius when it comes to pitching. And it's a big reason why they've been able to develop guys who have been able to rise to the major leagues and excel right away. So uh, they're great developers uh, in the pitching department. And I think that's going to continue. I think it's just going to be a little pipeline for those guys. So pitching wise, I don't think there's a whole lot to worry about unless there's just a huge rash of injuries. Sparky, I've got to say I'm a little bit jealous. You're leaving tomorrow for yep. Florida spring training. You're going to be down there for the entire spring uh, tele or broadcasting almost all, all the games on the radio on 790. Yeah, all but uh, except for the ones uh, when they play the Mets, for, for whatever reason, uh, those quarters are a little tight and they don't want uh, the visiting radio people in there. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I want to see a lot of these players. You know, we haven't seen some of these first rounders like an Alex Santos or a Corey Lee. And uh, there's just going to be a lot of guys that uh, haven't been able to get our eyeballs on yet. You know, of course, those conversations when you're able to uh, have those conversations, albeit at a, at a little bit of a distance now, that uh, it gives, I think, our broadcast and our telecast a little bit more flavor. Yeah, and one thing I know you always enjoyed in the past was being able to walk to the backfields and see the young guys. I'm not sure what the restrictions are going to be, but that's always been a part of your routine. And, and hopefully you'll get to at least put an eyeball on some of these young guys, whether they're in major league games or not. 
Yeah, the, the biggest thing, I think I'll just be further away, you know, and they allowed me some pretty close access to, especially a lot of the pitchers, you know, on the minor league side during spring training. So I think I'm just going to have to have that roster and no numbers and, and try to see some of them from a distance just to, just to gauge and get my, my feel of what I, what I interpret, you know, with some of the guys. Uh, there's some guys that uh, in the last couple of years, like a Tyler Ivy who have risen through the system, who uh, I saw two or three years ago that I thought, uh, had real chances to make an impact at the big league level. And it's nice to see those guys knocking at the door. Yeah, we are going to uh, be living vicariously through your radio broadcast, and we'll have a few telecasts as well, but we'll be doing them remotely, and then we'll all get ready for April 1. It's it's on. It's real. This is our last show we're doing before there's actual games in 2021, yeah. and it, it'll be good to get back on that course again for a full 162. That's it. Main thing is to keep all the players and keep ourselves and everybody uh, healthy, right? Absolutely. Sparky, enjoy your time down in spring training. We want to thank Dusty Baker, manager of the Houston Astros, for being our guest tonight on Astro Line, presented by Carbot. We will see you again next week and get ready for baseball come Sunday. Have a great rest of your Thursday night, everybody. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbot Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Follow all of the off-season action on Asherline and come see us at the brewery for a cold beer seven days a week.